Welcome to the Intrusive Podcast. Your front row seat to unfiltered conversations at the intersection of cybersecurity, risk management, and cyber insurance. Let's dive in. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the InsureSec podcast. We got Ryan Dunn, myself, and Abe Gibson, and our pleasant guest. Some people call him Coach. I call him Mr. Andy Runyon. Sir, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you on. And thanks, thanks for uh, how about you introduce yourself? And, yeah, introduce yourself. Let them know what you think. Yeah, so uh, I'm Andy Runyon. Uh, the uh, MSP uh, Partner Success Manager with Fifth Wall Solutions. Um, and uh, man, I've been doing this cyber insurance thing for uh, going on five years now, which doesn't seem that long for, you know, an almost 42-year-old dude. But in, in the cyber world, as you guys know, five years is like a lifetime with what's happened, uh, you know, <laughs> especially since COVID. So um, just... Um, Real quick background, education, I spent 10 years in the classroom, moved into sales, uh, broke into insurance in 2019, and, um, you know, really found a niche in cyber when I was with uh, Acrisure, uh, but I was a generalist, and I knew that I wanted to specialize in cyber, um, and then uh, moved over to Brightline Insurance Services out of Dallas, Texas, still on the retail side. Um, had the opportunity to specialize, had the opportunity to do nothing but cyber and tech ENO every day, really enjoyed it. Um, but then this opportunity came for, to, uh, you know, uh, opened up for, for me to come over to the wholesale side. And really the biggest thing for me was to work specifically with managed service providers, right? Those IT guys, um, I, I found out over the, the last three years that, um, you know, those rela- relationships between uh, an MSP and a cyber specialist can be extremely symbiotic and helpful to both sides, right? Like we got to have them and they got to have us. Yep. So, um, yeah, uh, the guys at fifth wall were, were phenomenal and a lot of alignment and, uh, decided to jump headlong into this thing back in uh, September. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause we, uh, for people that are going to listen to every single episode, it's like, we're doubling up on fifth wall. Um, it <laughs> could, it couldn't think of a, a better shop to do that with. Uh, so, so you've been in, in the cyber insurance game for five years. And like you said, that's, that's a lifetime. Um, so, so you went through like massive changes. Um, obviously, you know, COVID wasn't even on anybody's radar five years ago. Maybe give us some, uh, some insight from kind of the roller coaster that that's been, um, any stories or any, anything notable that, that you've experienced over the years. Yeah. So the biggest, the biggest change, um, you know, in 2019, uh, for the most part, and I'm painting with a super wide brush here. So like take, take this with a grain of salt, right? For the most part, cybercrime was pretty much relegated to fortune 1000, maybe even fortune 500 and above, right? Like it was, they, they were going after the, the big dogs. Right. Um, and so cyber insurance at the time in 2019, when I was going knocking on doors saying, Hey, you guys need to think about this. Most everybody's response was like, we're too small. They don't care about us or um, we're too rural, right? Which, yeah. I mean, again, going back into the MS relationship, like, that, you know, folks don't even understand that that where they're located geographically <laughs> doesn't matter at all, right? So um, really, really hard discussion. And I honestly, me personally, I was doing a lot of med mal then. I was doing a lot of professional liability uh, for doctors. Well, man, COVID hits. First thing, nobody's wanting to do med mal, right? Like, first of all, you can't even, you know, people are trying to figure out, you know, the country's falling apart. Uh, they're just trying to make it to five o'clock every day, right? So they don't want to talk to a stupid insurance guy, number one. Number two, the med mal carriers are going, we don't know what's going on with this. This is a new disease, right? We got doctors saying it's not real. We've got other, you know, I mean, like, regardless of what you think about COVID, it was a really wild time in professional liability. Nobody wanted to touch it with a 10-foot pole. Mm-hmm. And as MedMal was doing this, man, cyber went, you know, it took off. Um, don't have to tell you guys preaching to the choir here, but, you know, um, the, the shift to work at home created all kinds of vulnerabilities in the small to medium-sized business space. Cybercrime went through the roof. We started seeing claims. And, and the biggest change for me has been not just the necessity for the small to medium-sized business to have cyber, right, but the underwriting that goes behind it. And then now the confusion that has resulted because of that, right? Um, the end user, um, the, 
the insured, um, they're being asked questions. You know, we do a, a great job as an industry of coming up with three letter, uh, you know, EDR, MFA, right? So they're being asked all these questions about stuff that they have no idea what it means. They're sending it to their MSP or their tech guy. The tech guy's filling out the app going, these questions suck. You know, I, I don't, I don't like, you know, I mean, yes, but no, but there's only a yes box and a no box. One of them, you know, um, nobody is talking to the insurance guy. He's just flipping the app over. Right. And, and then you get these binary yes, no questions. And there's just so much of a disjoint from insured to retail broker, retail broker to wholesaler, wholesaler to carrier. And, and when you throw in all those stops along the way, there's a really, really good opportunity that what's going on at the insured level is completely and totally misrepresented by the time it gets to the carrier. Yeah, there's there's a, a ton to unpack there. I, um, you know, your, your piece about the applications, you know, is something that Abe and I talk about. And then I feel like it's, it's starting to, to be discussed a lot is, you know, these are static applications, right? And it's asking yes and no questions to questions that are just like, we're kind of doing that, but like not completely. So I don't know if I'm misrepresenting information here or if what I'm presenting, you know, right. if it's accurate or not. So, um, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, I think we're all trying to lead the charge on, right. Is like, okay, how can we make, what can we provide right. accurate information here that can supplement the application that accurately describes like, Hey, this person actually is investing in their cybersecurity. How can we portray that to the underwriter so that they, you know, even if they're in a bad class code, they can get coverage or they can get reasonable yep. coverage at a reasonable price. Um, so, uh, you know, yep. And, and so story. So here's a great specific story directly yeah. to that. Right. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of leave names out of this as much as I can, right. To protect the innocent. So, um, local, I'm from, oh, if you can go oh, by the, uh, by the redneck accent, right. Um, so, uh, local Northeast Arkansas school district purchased cyber insurance before COVID, right. Um, larger school district premium would hover. I think it was around 15 to 20,000, right. For the first couple of years, um, COVID hits, we start doing some of this underwriting stuff. And you guys know that post COVID underwriting depending upon what carrier you were with could be five questions. It could be 30 questions. It could be, you know, I mean, it was, it was all over the map. Right. So they got the nasty old MFA question for the first time in their first renewal post COVID again, premium was around 20. Well, it's a school district, right? They are one-to-one -one technology. They've got kids in fourth grade carrying around Chromebooks. <laughs> Guess what the binary answer to get no on MFA was, right? <laughs> of course they have, Right. So premium, despite the fact that they have an, a very, very secure environment, despite the fact that they had not had, you know, a breach, that premium goes from 20,000 to 58,000 dadgum dollars in one year. You're talking about a, uh, a school district in rural Arkansas, you know, that's hiring another teacher almost. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, those those binary questions, the network scans, you know, and and I mean, I, I've seen you guys, uh, you know, I, I love the launch and how you kind of thrown some knives out there, joking around with the gifs <laughs> at, at some of the carriers and uh, other other uh, you know wholesale brokers. I think it's great, uh, but you know, not way again with that name. Some of these carriers roll in and they pop a network scan, and it's like, oh, you've got all these vulnerabilities. You're a 65D. You know, well, yeah, how many of those are print reports that have no access to anything that would even matter, right? And 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 that school got crucified, you know, on the MFA question and on a network scan, on two things, right? Neither of which had anything to do with their actual security posture and their premium went, you know, up by thirty eight, thirty six thousand yeah. dollars. And, and the way wild. the way it was dropped on them was, you know, last minute probably. And it's like taking to leave it type of thing. Um, you know, and yep. that was like, that was something that I think, you know, we should really learn from moving forward is like, there needs to be some type of transparency if there's new, you know, and it's starting to be like that, right? If, if, if carriers or reinsurers right. are going to be, you know, pushing towards tighter security controls, you know, they 
are starting to let people know at conferences or starting to let people know just but you know, word of mouth, like, Hey, like this is coming down the pipeline, like get your clients ready. Right. And, and really it's, right. it's only going to be the agents that are on top of this that are going to be able to be dynamic and able to fix it for the client. And so that's why, like, whenever I talk to businesses, it's like, you know, be with, like, I don't care who's doing your property your GL, your EPLI, like you need to be with a cyber specific agent because this stuff is so dynamic and it's changing rapidly that a generalist, Andy, <laughs> and as you would know, a generalist wouldn't be able to, to do it. But you know, if you got the cyber coach now, you know, no. yeah, I've been in those shoes, man. I mean, was what? a generalist, right? Like, I feel like it's, it's all, I, I poke fun in Arkansas. I tell people, I'm like, listen, I can say that I'm from here, you know, and, and I can, I can needle the generalist role a little bit because I was one for a time. And and I'll tell you what I saw in that generalist role, to your point, Ryan, and that's an excellent point, is there there were businesses when I was a generalist, but I knew cyber really well, that our agency got a shot at for the first time in decades, right? Because we had a cyber guy, right? Um, and, and, you know, you're, you're right dead spot on that, this is a different duck, right? And and we've done a really, really poor job as an insurance industry conditioning people, you know, a million dollars in coverage is enough. Start working on it about 45 days. Eh, it's supposed to be 60, but 45 will be okay. And if you get busy, shoot it to me within four weeks of renewal. Cyberate that, right? Like a million is not enough if you have any revenue on deck, right? You may need five, 10 mm -hmm. million, right? Um if, if you don't have MFA on, right, and, and you're going to get raked over the coals for that, you know, I've got a client right now that's an electrical cooperative that we're working with, and, and their MFA install is going to take about two months to get fully from the, they started discussing it with their MSP to when it's fully complete. It's about eight weeks, right? And, and you know, when you tie that into the liability plan, you either don't have coverage or you have sublimited coverage until it's completed. That needs to be a part of the discussion and timelines need to be set of, hey, we're going to review this 120 days out from renewal. We're going to try to get you a, a renewal app as soon as we can. And then, you know, we're going to start marking a plan or, you know, setting a course of, you know, what needs to be done on the control side? What can we expect from a coverage standpoint? Are there any changes? Is the premium going to go up? Do we need to go to market? Who are the carriers in the last year that have shifted into your sector? Who are the carriers that have shifted away from your sector, right? Uh, dynamic is a phenomenal word. It changes the goalpost move. If you're if you're a football person and know that analogy, right? The goalpost moves just about every month yeah, in exactly. cyber. And, and along those lines, I'm curious what your perspective is on this. Uh, given your, your new role and what you've been doing uh, at Brightline with, with MSPs, what what would you say, and it might depend on, on the situation, but what's the role of the MSP in this process? Yeah, so, and this is just what I've seen organically, right? Um, and it's kind of, it's a neat story, man. I, where, where this, this all happened, like it was just, um, it was, there was a moment in time. I went to a tech conference uh, in Jonesboro in 2021, and, uh, Tissa had just come into the state of Arkansas. Our CSA was a guy named Mark Kirby, and Mark was speaking uh, publicly, I think, for the first time. If not, it was one of the first times he had spoken as the CSA for Arkansas. And, man, he's, he's saying, hey, we're here to help. If you're not familiar with Tissa guys in the audience, Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, they are a free resource that's tax-funded to help small and, and critical business uh, sectors become more cyber secure, right? Um, and anyway, so he's giving his number out and I look around and like everybody's playing on their phone, right? And I'm like, God, this guy could be a huge resource for us. So I go talk to him at the end of the conference. Um, they replied back to all of the, the conference attendees and hilarious for a tech conference. They didn't BCC, they just CC'd everybody. <laughs> so your boy... <laughs> Your boy got 200 code leads, oh. right? I got 200 email addresses and, and, you know, sales brain kicked in. I just went in and cold emailed 200 people. Well, the only person to respond back within the first day was an MSP, right? So that right there said something, right? And he called me and he was like, man, I'm Jim Bryant. is a buddy of mine with Pinnacle IT now. 
uh, formed a really, really good relationship over the last two years. And he was like, I need help. We're getting these apps. I've got people asking me about cyber insurance. I'm not an insurance agent, right? And so what kind of organically formed out of that was this little relationship of we would go to Chambers of Commerce, uh, CISA would speak um, kind of uh, organic. I mean, I don't know, I guess organically is not the right word. Um, they're just totally not attached to mm -hmm. anything, right? Like agnostic to, they're just giving you cybersecurity information. And then from that, hey, if you've got tech questions and you need IT help, here's, you know, Jim and his group is, is over here. If you have liability questions, Andy's over here, right? And what we found in that process, so long, long answer to a short question, was that the MSP was needing help with the liability and the insurance side of it and the app and who are the good markets and is this premium right? Like they're telling them 15K, is that high, is it low? So benchmarking on is the price good? Is the coverage enough? And how do I fill out this app? And then what we need their help with, right, is if I send a, at the time, and we've matured since this, but if I send a 12-page CFC app to a business owner, he's going to get about eight questions down and go, I don't know what the <laughs> hell this is talking about, right? So MSD to be involved there, you know, not necessarily, it's not their wet signature, right? Like they're not attesting, but we need them at the table you know, helping the business owner understand what exactly they're doing and what they're not doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, uh, I was talking to Ryan about this yesterday. Outside of the MSP channel, there seems to be like the cybersecurity industry wants to rely on referrals from insurance, uh, the insurance channel. And, 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 you know, there's, you go to any cyber conference and it's just all cybersecurity vendors, just like hawks trying to get partnerships yeah. set up. I've always thought that's like so completely backwards. Right. Like it should be the opposite. Like we, we shouldn't be starting with insurance. So that I think that there's a real bright spot in the industry where we, we do have like uh, what, what fifth wall is doing and, and, and uh, you know, starting with the MSP and then uh, working on the insurance program after yep. we've, after we've approached, like, how do we assess our cyber risk? How do we mitigate our cyber risk? Then let's transfer it with insurance once we've done all that work. Um, kind of, uh, you know, obviously you got a new role here. And I'm sure you're really excited because it's a perfect fit. Take us through kind of what the vision is there with your role right. and what you plan to do. Yeah, so um, with Fifth Wall's relationship with MSPs and, and all 50 states, you know, um, look, I mean, it speaks for itself, right? Like the process that you are talking about there, um, there are so many, uh, over a thousand MF MSPs that have heard Will Brooks or Reed Wellock or Wes Spencer or somebody go, hey, here's the concept. And they go, yeah, we need help yep. with that, right? So like the concept speaks for itself through. Um, and, and really what I do um, is those MSP relationships, every MSP looks different, right? You've got some MSPs that are, uh, very sales driven. They have a very mature sales team of 15, 20 people, account managers, right? And they're out trying to win new business. And it is a sales-based model. Um, you have some MSPs that really push in on compliance, right? Like they have a chief compliance officer and they stack in uh, purposeful verticals of healthcare with HIPAA, right? Uh, financial stuff, FTC, you know, um, my job is to come alongside the clients that we have, really understand how they're built, what they do, who their clientele is, and then based on how they interact with the liability side of things, the insurance, how can they leverage our marketing, uh, the Loda app, um, my knowledge set, um, you know, how can they take us to their clientele uh, to benefit their business in the best way. And it's going to look different from everybody for everybody out there, right? Some people may have a real education need and it's like a mini webinar series. Some people may have uh, a sales team that, and, and old football coach, when I say the word ignorant, that's not negative. I had an old defensive coordinator that would say ignorant all the time. And he said, it just means you don't know, you know, <laughs> they, the sales team may do cyber insurance, you know, so it may look like setting up a monthly call with their sales team to go over, you know, hey, what what is good, right? What what markets are struggling right now? What are some things, what are some red flags that maybe we need to take these guys to the market? Um, I've got one client that has got a ton of VCISO work, right? 
And with those VCSOs, we're working on those guys with some processes, like I said before, what are we doing at 120 days out? What are we doing at 90 days, 60 days, 30 days, right? Uh, what are we doing halfway through the policy mm -hmm. period and trying to help those um, bring value to their clients around their cyber liability program? So, I mean, that's the long answer. The short short answer is working with our MSP partners to 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 you know drive success of their organization. Yeah, that's huge, and um, I, I know that you mentioned Reed and my good friend Will Brooks. <laughs> He's throwing shade at me for missing the last podcast, <laughs> but, um, you know, you also have Dustin Bolander over there. Like, you know, you guys have a, a great team over at fifth wall. Abe and I have a lot of respect for you guys. I've, I've had the pleasure of chatting with Reed and, and Dustin at, at length about this issue. And, and they've, um, you know, they've been on top of the, uh, Hey, how do we prepare people for their cyber insurance renewal, but also like during the policy period, what can we do to, uh, to help right. these clients feel like they need to fix their cybersecurity infrastructure, right? You know, if there are new vulnerabilities, how do we make them make that known in a, in a, uh, in a streamlined fashion, right? Um, and so, you know, I, I know that they've worked on some, some really, uh, good stuff there and, um, yeah. So hopefully uh, some of that stuff will come to light. I, I don't want to steal their thunder right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to refrain. And I, I know, I know Reed like to keep things under the covers until it, until it comes to light though. So. Yeah. No, and if you look at what, you know, I mean, like let's, let's kind of go just into the industry with some connections we have, like what Wes Spencer is doing with the impasse yeah. cyber on the, on the, on the edge, right? Like helping um, MSPs helping their clients become more mature, more cyber resilient, right? Like here's, here's a great example, right? We want to use the coaching thing. Um, one of the biggest gaps that I see in the industry that is not yet quite tied as much to premium and deductible, uh, like MFA is, is incident response planning, right? Like it's asked, but if you don't have one, or if you've got a template, they're not going to kill you yeah. like MFA, right? But for, for the coach, right? Yeah. Incident response planning and what you're doing. Right? I mean, that's, that's huge for me. You know, I tell people all the time, I'm, a, I'm right now, I'm a junior high baseball coach. I, I coach an eighth grade baseball team. I used to be a head high school baseball coach. Think about if we were in the state tournament, win or go home, and I gave a kid the butt sign for the first time all year, right? And, and the kid doesn't execute that bond. He pops it up. And he gets out and I'm like, man, what are you doing? Like, how come you can't get the button? Right. Like, who's that? That's on me. Right. Like, that's my fault. Like, I should have for months preceding that event. I should have been baking that into practice. We should have been taking time in other games to make sure, you know, there should have been a lot of things leading up to that moment to prepare that child in that moment for the, the call that was that was executed, you know, and. It's that way with IR planning, man. You can't you can't download a system template, slap your name on it, and then when you have a breach, whip it out and think that it's going to help, right? Um, there, there needs to be things going on throughout the year. It needs to be updated. You need to have tabletop exercises. You need to uh, customize it. Make sure it's off the network. All of that stuff, right? Uh, that way, when things do hit the fan, that you you can you can execute and and kind of shrink that I mean, loss. That is so spot on, and and from a, a gap standpoint, like that is something that nobody's talking about. Like nobody's talking about it. Like, sure. Like we all know it's there, but it's almost like nobody wants to address it because it, it's a, it's a, a big issue right. to solve. And, you know, if you look at the, the response times and how, and the drivers of all this cost when it comes to a cyber insurance policy, it's, you know, it's the incident response, but it's also like the forensics that are associated with that. Like there was a serious issue there. And I'm going to give a, a quick shout out to my, uh, my old firm that I worked on the retail side, Cothroom, uh, down here in Fort Lauderdale. You know, one, one of the things that we would win business off of is like, Hey, are, do you have insurance implemented in your incident response plan? Most of the time people would be like, world incident yep. response plan. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. 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 So 
you know, it's to your coaching point, it's a, it's a, it's a massive opportunity to coach a prospect on what they should be doing. Um, but then Cawthorn would take it a step further and, and we would sit down with the client and their IT staff and we would, um, do an exercise and, and implement the insurance into their incident response plan, or we would build the incident response plan. And so that was back in, that was back in 2017, 2018, you know, this is like, Wow. <laughs> we're ahead of the game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, you know, so I had to give him a shout out for, for that. And you, know, you just sparked that in, in my mind. Um, you know, when you, in your analogy to coaching, you know, the, the bunt analogy is like prime. It's so true. Do you see anything else going on right now that can be related to that? Like, yes, it's a response, but are, are you seeing any, anything that's like, Hey, we're not even like, like we all know it's there, but you know, I, I can't think of anything, but I'm curious if, if you see it. Yeah, no, I would say, um, you know, and I, and I alluded to this earlier, the MFA thing is still sometimes a struggle and man, it just shouldn't be, you know, I mean, that's basic blocking and tackling. Um, you know, we still pretty mature organizations that are taking, you know, uh, double the insurance rate with double the deductible and a ransomware sublimit of 250 K when the full policy is at two and they don't know why. Right. So, um, I, I know MFA sounds like basics, but man, I still run across pretty regularly organizations that can't make a full attestation to multi-factor authentication. And then nobody within their team has connected that dot between this is why our insurance sucks, right? Like this, this, this one issue is why, you know, I, I was working with a client that had a 250K sum living on ransomware recently. And, and I asked him, I said, you know, it was our initial consultation. I said, man, why is that? And he was like, honestly, I didn't even know it was there until you pointed it out. And I said, well, do me a favor. I said, call your agent, call your current agent and ask them why it is. And I said, I'll, dinner on me if it's not multi-factor authentication. And he called me back like three days later and he was like, well, you don't have to buy dinner, you know? Um, so I, you know, uh, the MFA issue is still not quite solved as it should be. Um, and, and to dig deeper into that, um, man, there, there is a CISA recommendation that came out at the end of 2022 that just like flew totally under the radar. And, and you would talk about something that nobody's talking about. CISA straight up said, Every organization that can should move towards passwordless phishing free MFA. And if you say in 2023 passwordless phishing free MFA, if people think you're speaking Greek, they're like, what is yeah. that? Right. And, and there's not understanding, there's not a full understanding that MFA is basic blocking, blocking and tackling. And we've got to have that on there. Right. And then when you expand on that, it's like they don't understand the difference between Microsoft Authenticator and like what our friends at Tradeware do, right? The guys at Tradeware have got a solution that, and I'm just using this as an example. There's other password lists. There's YubiKeys, right? Like there's other stuff. But the guys at Tradeware, you log in biometrically with your face, a QR code sent to your device, um, your uh your, your device has to be within 50 feet or your phone has to be within 50 feet of the device. I mean, like that is insanely more secure than me typing in. I love pineapples number 18. Right. And, and, you know, maybe on a sticky note, I love that's so, not your real password, you know, I, I would say that, <laughs> no, it's not, not at all. But anyway, I just, we had some Hawaiian pizza yesterday. So I just sort of hopped into my mind. <laughs> no, I, all your hackers yeah, out there. Like, I, I no, love that's bananas. A, that's a whole, <laughs> okay. No, no, I think, I mean, I think the implementation of MFA and then the understanding of what is the best, most secure solution out there. Um, I think that that is, uh, that's a gap that, that, that we still see and deal with. Yeah. Them. And, Speaking of passwordless, I, you know, when I first heard about it and, and kind of understood, you know, what it was and, and how it helped, I, I kind of thought it was like, <laughs> it was like salvation. Um, but it, it really is a tool. But have you, have you seen it implemented? Cause I mean, in practice, I'm like, this solves so many issues. Not only is it like so much more secure, but it, it also reduces MFA fatigue. And I, and I get that myself. Cause like I'm limited to, to some of my platforms, you know, SMM, SMS based 
uh, authentication. I'm just like, this is so mm-hmm. annoying. But have you seen it implemented in the wild? Yeah, I have. And 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 honestly, and this is, I mean, again, uh, at Fifth Wall, we're we're vendorized, not agnostic. This isn't an endorsement of anyone. Uh, you know, I, we're I, we're talking in general about passwordless, yep. right? Um, the UbiKey solution. I, I mean, I, I've seen demos on that, and I mean, you got to have it, and if you don't have it, you can't get in, right? Um, but it's it is much quicker, right? Um, the what the guys at Tradeware do, what I what I've seen with them, and what I think is really neat, particularly in the healthcare space, right? Whenever we think about um, something bad happening, we always think about ransomware or funds transfer fraud and the outside yeah. in, right? What, what a lot of times people don't think about is inth- insider threats, right? Uh, what if what if a malicious uh, act happens from somebody at a workstation that's employed by that organization? Well, in the hell, and I've seen this, guys. I was in healthcare sales for years. I can't tell you the number of, of workstations that I've seen with a, a yellow sticky note that says password one, two, three on it, right? And every single nurse that cycles through that station so if there was an insider threat or an insider issue, it's like, who who did that, right? Like who was who was there then, yeah. right? And and some of that passwordless stuff. I mean, you're you're authenticating with your biometrics, right? Like you know exactly who was at that workstation and when they were there, you know. So um, some of the stats I've seen on some passwordless stuff is you talk about MFA fatigue. Um, and, and listen, this isn't an indictment of of Duo or Okta or anything like that. There are people out there that that need <laughs> duo and octa today you know um but but some of the passwordless stuff can cut that login time by half um and then the security measures of it are, are pretty pretty yeah. impressive and, and yeah I've, I've seen it in the wild and i've seen i've seen folks i mean it's stupid to think that if we look at it from a ten thousand foot view the idea that i get frustrated with doing something for 40 seconds to protect millions of dollars, that just seems insane. But we're yep. humans, right? Like we're we're built for speed. We're we're creatures of comfort, right? And like the idea that I've got to stop what I'm doing to do something that I don't want to do, it doesn't matter what it is. That's just in our nature. But um, you know, yeah, it it, it can it can reduce that. Yeah, time. I think the insider threat point is a, is a is a good one to bring up because it's obviously it's it's wildly overlooked and and it's one of those things that you know most business owners would think, no, that's not us. Um, but I heard a story of, you know, it was a small business and their, um, one of their, their admin people, their, their boyfriend was a drug addict and they, they flipped sensitive information for cash, stuff like that, that you would never think about. And it's there. Listen, I'm not, I'm not trying bringer on you, but I mean, healthcare clinic, right? Two doctors coming together and this is rural Missouri, two doctors coming together. One was on paper charts. One was on uh, electronic charts. So they, as they're merging for the new year, right? They're converting charts. Well, ex-girlfriend was employee of Dr. A and ex-boyfriend was a patient of Dr. B. When his stuff got uploaded, she just went in, looked him up. Well, after they had broken up, he had contracted an STD, mm-hmm. right? So she screenshot Facebook messenger to all of her friends. Right. And, and, you know, that's, wow. I, I remember when I was first wow. talking to the clinic about, um, the, the doctor kind of came in and, and shut the door behind him and he goes, let me give you a hypothetical. <laughs> right. And, and, it, and he, and he, walked oh my. That, uh, that whole scenario and he was her insurance policy respond there. And I said, First of all, yes. Second of all, that doesn't sound real hypothetical. <laughs> no, right. uh, that's wild. That's that is what you deal with, man. That is absolutely wild. <laughs> I mean, like you can put all the security blocks in, in the world up there, and that, uh, man. yeah, is is that a hip? And I think that might yeah. be a hip violation. <laughs> yep, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, um, you know, what you guys are doing at fifth wall, it's obviously like the, like this is the way that it should be done. If you're, if you're an MSP and you're not working with fifth wall, fifth wall in some capacity, I don't know what you're doing. Um, take us through, um, I always like to ask this question. I'm asking everybody it because people are in my comments talking Mm -hmm. about the sustainability of the way that we write cyber insurance right now. 
what is what are some of your projections sure. over the next, you know, let's say five, let's do five years and then maybe 10 years. What needs to change, if anything? Are we going to have an industry in 10 years? Yeah. Um, first of all, really, really high level. Um, if I didn't think that we weren't going to have an industry in 10 years, I wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs> right. Um, I, I've, uh, uh, you know, over the last five years, um, I have professionally um, chosen to network myself and push into this cyber thing. And if I didn't think that cyber insurance was going to be around, um, you know, in, in 2033, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be in this chair. I'd be I'd be back coaching high school baseball. Right. Um, maybe not. Um, but anyway, uh, another story. Here's the other thing. And and the only thing that here, I'll let's I'll break it down to like one thing that I see right now that has to change. And we've mentioned it already. The application process has to change. Right. Like, it, I mean, we have to get away from sending clients at the, at the insured level. We've got to get away from, hey, if you want a CFC quote, fill out this seven page CFC app. If you want a Tokyo Marine app, fill out this 12 page like. And people will not do it. It's already a hard enough sale. They already don't understand it. So we've got to get away from paper apps. There's got to be some synchronization there. Um, I love what we do at Fifth Wall. Uh, again, don't want to fill the total, spill the total beans, but but we found a way to make that lift on the uh, client very very light, yep. right? So the application process has fixed number one. Um, the application questions need to get better. They need to get more in depth. And our side of the fence has to understand we need to hire cyber people, right? Like a buddy of mine tagged me on LinkedIn the other day. He was like, hey, I've got this buddy that's getting into cybersecurity. He wants to work for a cybersecurity company. Does anybody have any advice? And I jumped in there and I was like, yeah, don't forget cyber insurance. Yep. You know, like go work for a carrier because we, we've got to understand more about the landscape in order to ask better questions. That way we can better understand the risk, yeah. right? Um, so those things, I would say, cleaning up the app process, um, you know, um, maybe, make, you know, better questions, better conversation between insured and carrier and making sure we fully understand the risk. Um, and then, you know, kind of at a holistically level or, or at a 10,000 foot level, just change is going to be the name of the game, right? Like, I don't know what it is. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know enough about the tech side of it to say, you know, MFA is the straw that stirs the drink now, and it's going to be, you know, EDR in six. I don't know that. Right. Um, but my uh, uh, my guess is, is that whatever we're doing in 2023, it's probably going to look super different by 2026. Right. Like the landscape. will continue. Yeah. I. Uh, you know, the. The insurance application thing is is. Yeah, I know we talked about it at the beginning, but it's it's super fascinating to me that, um, you know, it, it is the way it is about, you know, this static application and like, hey, if you want to go to CFC, fill out this app. If you want to go over here, fill out this app, you know, um, it's really kept a lot of agents away from selling cyber insurance and it's really kept a lot of insurance out from selling cyber insurance. Um, so sure. I, you know, I, I think the more that we can consolidate that, make it a little bit more uh, streamlined, similar to how, you, you know, this kind of happened with workers comp, you know, they created the Accord application. Now, granted, it's all yes and no questions, but yep. like similar from a high level perspective, what they need to do is like more like, hey, how do we take a NIST framework? How do we take a CIS V8 type of survey? Yep. And how do we apply but, that to analyzing cyber risk from an underwriting standpoint? Um, also, no, and I, I love that. What I would like to see is, is some standardization of like questions based on a framework, right? Like NIST or CISA recommendations, whatever, mm -hmm. right? And and then the other part too is, is like, man, I would love, and this is just like dreaming because it's probably never going to happen. And and man, <laughs> for those of you out there in, in LinkedIn <laughs> land or, or, or webinar land, and don't take this the wrong way, I, I am not a huge regulation guy, right? But God bless, there needs to be some regularization or, reg or regulation around language in cyber <laughs> policies, right? Like, go back end user, go back to the insured, right? The, like, they'll ask me, okay, if I pay a ransom, is it covered? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so 
background. Well, it's named three different things depending on who you write it with, mm -hmm. right? Well, what if I accidentally or my clients or my, my employees accidentally wires 80 grand to a bad actor? Is that covered? Yes. Well, what's that called? Well, it's called funds transfer fraud over here. It's called cybercrime over here, right? Like I would love, love, love. I mean, if you honestly ask Andy Runyon, if you could change one thing about the cyber insurance industry when you wake up tomorrow, standardized language is I don't, it. You know, what's so funny to me, I don't know when that happened because Andy, I, I've been uh, dealing with cyber insurance for over eight years now. And it was always this, it was always the same. Like the language, the language was standard, like as in like the, you know, not the specific definitions and the exclusions, the, the wording used like ransomware. Uh, invoice mani and manipulation, right. social engineering, like it was standard. And suddenly it like people started coming up with all this different verbiage. We got funds transfer fraud and, and it, it wastes time when it comes to analyzing cyber policies. It makes it uh, a, a lot, you know, a lot more difficult on the agent to be able to properly educate their client on what the hell is going on. I completely agree with you. Like, right. I, I honestly, and here we are back. What's up? No, I said, here we are back at, why do you need a specialist? Yeah, exactly. Here's, I mean, we, we, four or five different examples, but that's a great reason why. Yeah. I, um, God, I, I, I'd like to see that as well. Um, you know, I, I, um, I, to me, if you looked at cyber industry back in 2019, 2018, you know, the collaboration between agent and carrier was very, very limited. And now I'm seeing so much more collaboration. And so maybe, maybe that can be solved due to this collaboration. I, I'm telling you, I like, it was a very select few of agencies that were um, consulting carriers on, on how to fix cyber insurance and make it easier for agencies to sell it, you know, underwrite it, that whole thing. Um, COVID already messed up every you know, suggestion made, but then now, well, you know, I, and I mean, like, think, think about why that was though. And let's, I mean, you guys are really good at kind of stabbing the elephant in the gut and calling a spade a yeah. spade. Let's call a spade a spade. Why was that? Yeah. It's because nobody was doing it. It wasn't making them enough mm -hmm. money, right? Like if, if, if I was principal agent and an account made me in revenue, a hundred thousand dollars, let's just use round numbers. Odds are in 2018, 2019, and still to a degree, that cyber revenue might be what, like three, four yeah. grand, maybe, you know? So, I mean, and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be ugly. It's just the truth, right? Like if, if I'm making a hundred K on work comp and business auto and, and the BOP and, you know, and the health insurance and all that stuff, why am I going to spend a finite amount of time that's available in my day chasing $3,000 of revenue and trying to okay. fix that? And, and, you know, and it, you know, that that's, we're back to having a specialist dealing with somebody that cares that specializes in it. And this is where we spend the majority of our day or, or all of our day, you know, is, is talking about this stuff. But yeah, it's the re it's the same reason that you see large agencies in your area. When you go and you say, Hey, I need help with cyber. They go, um, hold, hold on just a second, you know? <laughs> and it's like, Hey, is, is Bill here today? And, and, you know, and Bill has five clients that have cyber and he's a cyber specialist, <laughs> right? Um, and a lot of, a lot of agency principals look at the premium on those accounts, where they've been and they go, you're not, we're, we, you aren't going to make enough money yeah. on this. Yeah. I'm back. I'm back in it guys. Uh, my camera died, um, technical difficulties, but, uh, you know, one of the ways that I appreciate, you know, your, your style Andy and, and, um, and fifth ball too, is the, you know, I, I tend to be a complainer and I'll just kind of complain about the way the industry is. And, you know, I, I try, you know, on some things to, to, to change it or, or do what the work that needs to be done to, to improve the way that we, we, uh, we do this thing, but you guys take it to the next level where instead of kind of sitting around and complaining about, Hey, things aren't working optimally, you guys do the work and you put in the hours that it takes to, to actually fix it um, without without a lot of support from, you know, the other parties in the in, in the value chain of of getting a cyber insurance policy placed. Um, if there's, you know, 
there's a couple of ways to work with fifth wall, but if somebody's interested in working with fifth wall, what's the best way to get in touch sure. with you or, or get in touch with the team there? Yeah. Um, so a couple of ways, um, you can hit me up on LinkedIn, right? I mean, we're, we're very LinkedIn active myself or Will Brooks, uh, pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, just shoot us a DM, uh, shoot us a connection request. Um, my email address is Andy, A-N-D-Y dot Runyon, R-U-N-Y-A-N at fifthwallsolutions.com. Uh, pop me an email. Um, and, and we've got two sides of the house. You know, if you're out there in, in, in agency land and you need some help, uh, I know you guys are, are, are doing your work, you know, uh, don't, don't step on toes there. Oh, I mean, yeah. we can't, we can't help on the agency side, but like for, for me, you know, for, for me, um, I'm going to be on the MSP side of things, right? So like if an MSP is out there and they, and they listen to, um, you know, any of this and they hear, you know, Hey, we need some help. Um, you know, reach out to me directly. I mean, my job is specifically is to make sure that MSPs in our network succeed and they have, uh, the resources that they need. So shoot me an email, shoot me a LinkedIn request, jump in my DMS, whatever we need to do. And, uh, you know, just let me know where, where the pain point is. I've heard it all, right? Like I've heard MSP say Man, apps that are killing us. Like we have told our clients no more than three apps a year. You know, I've heard them say it's my sales guys. They need to be pushing cyber insurance and, you know, uh, they don't know the first thing about it. And I need some training. Uh, I've had some of them tell me it's a compliance thing, right? Like we're offering compliance services and I really think it would be good for our clients to understand the connection between compliance and, and looking really uh, dressed up and tied up when you go to cyber the cyber insurance market, yeah. you know? So um, there are a lot of different ways that that fleshes out. I love it. I love it. I've said it again. I'll say it again. Uh, if you're, if you're an MSP and you're looking at, you know, looking at this podcast or, or, or listening to it, um, I know that there's some in my network. Um, they probably already have spoken with you, but if they have it, they definitely need to. Um, cause you guys are playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. So, um, appreciate what you do, man, your, your, your well, content, everything. Um, we, we love it and keep doing it. Yeah. Well, and, and listen to, to, to come back at you there. Um, what, what you guys are doing at scenarios and what's, what your goal is, right. Which is kind of what I like. I'll, I'll pay a compliment back. Right. Like I love yeah. disruptors. Like I, I was just. I know I keep going back to the coach thing, but it's my mantra. So let's <laughs> we'll roll with it. Right. I was just having the conversation the other day. We were talking about football programs in our state. Right. And there is a particular football program that is, um, has not been successful over the years. I hear more out of those guys. Well, you know, this is the way that we've mm -hmm. always done it. Okay. What have your results been right? Like that, <laughs> that, that used to, cold water when you go to an eight every year. Right. And, and what I love about you guys are the fact that you're disrupting things right now. Right. Like, uh, you're going to make some people mad, you're going to ruffle some feathers. Right. But like all in that industry that, that need to be fixed. Right. And, and what I love about, about y'all and, and about the, the kind of the scenarios vision is like, man, the way that we've always done it, that's not a good enough excuse. Right. If, if, Clients are suffering because of that. If agencies are suffering because of that, um, you know, um, just this is the way it's always been. It's yep. good enough. So kudos to you guys. Oh, I appreciate, appreciate that. that. Yeah, that's uh, coach. You're gonna get me running through a wall, man. I'm. I, I love. <laughs> I, I love it, man. It's you know, you're so freaking right. Like, <laughs> not happy. <laughs> hey, well. Um, you know, having you on is, is a pleasure, you know, keep crushing it at fifth wall. Uh, the MSPs that you bring on, will be happy that they work with you. Um, and we look forward to, to seeing you in the LinkedIn world, seeing you in the cyber insurance world, uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully meeting up in person soon. Yeah. And thank you guys for setting this up, man. I mean, regardless, I mean, you know, um, we're in the same space I, and I'll, I'll tell you this, and this is for anybody out there that's thinking about getting into cyber or cyber insurance. I believe this in my heart of hearts, right? Like just by a personal faith and abundance principle guy, I think that there's a spot for everybody. Right. But especially yep. in cyber right now, especially in cyber, if you do it well and you go to work every day trying to help people, 
man, there is room for you in cyber industry. If it's at the retail side, if it's at the hotel, wholesale side, hotel, wholesale <laughs> side, right? Hey, I mean, you, you know, there, there is room at the table right now in cyber for people that want to come in and do well. Right. And I mean, you may, it may be, I mean, we're, we're 50 minutes in, you may still be going, how in the world, why are two guys that are essentially in the same space sitting here talking about this? Are they not competitive? No, man. Like there, I mean, there's high out there for everybody to eat. If you're going to do it right now. That's it. Yeah, I know. I know uh, the leaders at Fifth Wall too believe in that vision too. Like, there's plenty of pie for us to eat. You know, we yep. as long as we keep on working collectively together. Um, you know, sure. We're. I mean, yep. if people looked at us both, they'd be like, "Wait, aren't they competitors? Like, why are they talking to each other?" But you know, there's plenty of out there, and we have to be working collectively to fix this. It, it doesn't take like the one solo guy driving the you know the mission across the finish line. No, it's it's all of us believing in the same type of vision and working towards that. That's going to create the the message and, and make the changes that we need. So uh, completely agree, man. And, and I hope, I hope others in our industry adopt that vision as well. I saw, I saw numbers out there the other day and I don't know if this is correct or if it's been changed or what the estimation is in the United States, there are 60,000 yeah. MSPs, right? I mean, if we, if we deal with a thousand of those guys, that means that there's 59,000 other MSPs out there that need help. Right. right. So that, that's, um, you know, I, I just think, you know, that, that there is, there's enough bad out there. Um, and I don't mean nefarious bad. I mean, just, you know, people that have either gotten lazy or people that haven't cared to push into it or people that maybe they just don't fully understand it. There's enough bad out there that, if folks will push, push in and, and, and do it, do it the right way, then everybody can, can help and, and, you know, financially yep. profit. Love it. Love it. Well, this has been one for the books. We're going to, I, we're going to yeah. have to have you on again, um, in, in the future and, and hear about all the things that you, that you've done and not just about what you're going to do and, um, be looking out. We're, we're going to send, Andy doesn't know this, but we're going to send him an invite to, to speak at our, at our uh, insurance conference, um, mm -hmm. and and spread the gospel. Yeah, I would love, love so. Yeah, no, for sure, would love to. I, you know, um, one of the things that um, you know, and and I, the older I get, the more I'm learning this. One of the things that I've been gifted with, right, since I was a kid, was like I can stand up and talk and it not bother me. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've been there. That's where that coach came from, right? So. Uh, no, would, would love to work with you guys in a public format moving forward. And, uh, you know, man, really, really excited about the direction that this is headed with scenarios with us, um, with the market as a whole. Um, uh, you know, I'm not going to name any names from the, from the <laughs> comments because I think that are negative, yep. right? Like, I think they have a legitimate point. Like it's not cut and dry. Right. But man, just in, in my heart of hearts, I'm just yep. not there yet. You know, I think that there's a lot of opportunity. Love it. Love it. Sweet. Thanks, man. I appreciate you coming on. Yep. Thanks, Andy.